Captain's log, stardate 6942.0. We have encountered an alien vessel of unknown origin. All attempts to make contact have been met with a strange, pre-recorded response. But we must keep trying. Number one, hail the craft again. Aye, sir. Hello, and welcome to Voltoni Nation. Please remember, we mean you no harm. We intend only to spread fun. Lower your shields. Resistance is futile. What's up, Jimmy Nation? It's me, your boy, Jim Tiberius Kirkland. Whoa! Oh my god, that's the perfect use of Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Good work, Jim. You're so original. Um, I also like that nobody picked up on Kirkland. Kirkland. I'm asking, I was about to ask where Kirkland, like, I don't understand. I'm like the discount knockoff version of Jim Kirk, like the Costco home brand. (laughs) Ah, yep. Mm. It's like Star Trek. It's a thinker. Yeah, I didn't under like, I didn't understand it. Not this movie. No, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand this movie. Does that make me really dumb? Probably. No, it's Alex Kurtzman being Alex Kurtzman. Uh, who's that? The screenwriter of the movie. Ah, uh, right. He's okay. also the guy that wrote Batman v Superman and parts of Lost. I think. Look, after all the delays, I will admit I enjoyed the movie. However. When I stopped to think about preparing for this evening's <laughs> discussion, I realized I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> um, so, like, I can't, I kind of do, and I understand that, like, Spock came back from the fucking future and shit, but I was like, like, in, in terms of, like, the, the idea and the plan behind, like, how they, like, I, I, I just, I, I don't know what happened. And I'm hoping one of you will be able to explain that to me. That's all right. So that I can then come up with a plan. Yeah. Before we get into that, we should probably like, you know, we've been away for six months almost. Oh, what you been up to? How's things? I'm (laughs) still Emma. I'm yeah, that's fine. That's me. So what did you two do with your hiatus from the show? I bought a house. Well done. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) At least I did something rather than being like nothing. Did you buy a house or did you buy the promise of a house? I bought the promise of a house. Right. I bought me some land Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put a house on it. What did you get up to, Ken, in the last six months? Uh, Well, I'm following that. So I would just say I bought. uh, (laughs) Do you want uh, me to add uh, the other uh, thing that uh, happened uh, to me in the last six months, Ken? That I bought, a, I bought some land and got a promotion. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, I am now the captain of the USS Enterprise. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Is that a field promotion, Ken? I forgot to introduce myself. And hey, it's me. I am the half Vulcan, half human person. <laughs> I don't know what was happening there. There was a lot of, a lot of sounds. He said Vulcan. I'm Vulcan. Oh, right. Okay. There was just a lot of sounds happening. I can't remember. Did you two introduce yourselves at the top? Oh, we no. did not. All right. That was our that was our introductions then. I just said, hey, Sorry. I'm Emma. <laughs> You're not even going to go pun. You're just Emma in this episode. No, I'm the Nyota of this bitch. Explain that for the listeners, Emma, because that's probably one level too deep for a lot of- Look, it's actually part of my fun facts later. So Good. We'll, do, we'll do a callback. Oh, I see. So you- I'm keeping them guessing. I'm keeping, keeping them guessing. Keeping them on the hook. <laughs> Speaking of keeping listeners on the hook <laughs> for part of the episode, at least, I do have a fun surprise for at least one of our listeners- <laughs> Uh, and you'll you'll know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. Is it me? I won't say when, but at some point in this episode, we're going to cut to an episode that I did b- with my dad. Woo! Discussing his thoughts on Star Trek. It was me. I am the listener. <laughs> what? You listen to our show, Ken? Yes, of course. Are you okay. Jim's 
Dad's fan club. Is this where we unveil that it's been you all along? He's been playing the long con, yeah. I am part of the Jim's Dad fan club, which is now promoted to the Jim's Dad Federation Club. Somebody needs to make a meme of that sticker over the, the ghost in the Scooby-Doo meme and then pull off the thing and it be Ken's face underneath. <laughs> no, I was picturing WandaVision where it's like... <laughs> Oh. Yeah, but we won't spoil it just in case. Oh, for oh yeah, sake. yeah, it's not old enough for us to uh Well, I guess I can only talk I can only talk about uh Captain America the First Avenger then. You can talk about that, and that's all you've been talking about for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, hear that listeners. My my boy Henry Cavill got a girlfriend, so um the second So it's the understudy's gonna step up. <laughs> no. I feel like look, in all honesty, I think we all know that I've been very obsessed with Chris Evans for a very long time too. However, Henry Cavill has probably made more of a peer- more of an appearance in this podcast because of the topics that we've been talking about. Mm. I would say, no, I would say in general, Henry Cavill gets more of your love. Like that, that is mm. based on my perception. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I do love Henry. Cavill. Chris Evans is also very high up, but it, he's more like it happens when Marvel happens, but yeah, Henry that's Cavill is in general, except for right now that I have literally in the last few weeks been watching or slash re-watching every single like Chris Evans movie. I'm a weirdo. Why do I do this? You just love punishment. <laughs> no, but you know, you know what? Do you know what I have realized though? Chris Evans is a fantastic actor. Yeah, people don't give him credit enough. Like he's brilliant. Even take him in like not another teen movie. Oh <laughs> bloody hell, that's a classic. Like it takes a lot of panache to pull that role off. <laughs> And the other thing that I watched the other day, um, which I hadn't seen before, was called The Iceman. Mm -hmm. It's based on a true story of a contract serial killer that was going from like the 60s to the 80s in the US. And it was uh, the guy that played Emperor General Zod. Mm, Michael Shannon. That's yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he's he's the he's the lead guy, but Chris plays like another contract killer that he kind of works with. Um. And he's got. I feel like we need to post a photo of it in the show notes or something because he's got like long hair. Like he just looks and he drives around in an ice cream truck. Oh yes. <laughs> He's super creepy, but he just does it so well. And it was just interesting seeing him in him in because I mean, like if you know him in all like the rom coms and stuff, like he's just that kind of you know very chiselled physique kind of like. All right, settle down, Emma. Let's not get too excited here. No, but he's like the cool guy <laughs> next door that everybody you just love and whatever. But like seeing him in a few things recently where it's been very different has been quite good. You know what's funny, Emma? This yeah. podcast can now be used in two separate restraining order cases against you. Oh god, damn it. <laughs> Well, at least I'll have a plot of land to to cry on. (laughs) I really can't wait for you to sit on your porch telling children to get off your land. A hundred percent. That's what I'm waiting for at the moment is the rezoning to happen because technically at the moment my land is, it's zoned in two separate sections. One is residential, the other one is recreational. So technically (laughs) I could settle and I could build my house. However... If the zone doesn't change, anybody could come onto my land. Um, what? <laughs> because it's technically classed as residential. I mean, as recreational. I'm very interested in this. I'm going to need you to make jokes a lot about like this half of the house is the recreation half of the house. <laughs> fun is not allowed on the other side of the house. Yes. The fun happens upstairs. How does that work? That's where the bedrooms are, Jim. Yeah, but how does how would you draw a line on a map that goes like- You just like- can't have fun on your way up. Like until you get up. Upstairs, you you just having a mediocre time. No, you, you just you can't see that happening. Okay.
That's fine. No, I can. I'm just trying to keep it PG. <laughs> Keeping it PG for the little fuckers. <laughs> nice. So what did you get up to over the hiatus, Ken? Oh, what did I get up to? I don't know. My, my, you know, my life like sort of, sort of starts and stops with the podcast. So <laughs> you just kind of in stasis until it happens. So you've, you've done nothing in the last six months. Don't you have, you have a, you have a girlfriend now. Hey, hey, don't let the listeners know that. You know, I need to keep their hopes up. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> don't let Irene hear this. <laughs> <laughs> don't let Irene hear this. I actually have not told her about this. Does she not know about your podcast? I I, I think I, I think someone mentioned something. Might have been Jim. Jim yeah. mentioned podcasts and then- She's like, you have a podcast? What is it about? And you were like, no, my secret shame. <laughs> it could go, it could go one of two ways. It, it like 50-50. I, I don't know. She'll either really like you a lot more or she'll be like, we've run our course. Well, this was a mistake. <laughs> I need to leave now. Yeah, fair. Oh, well, it depends. If she do- if she skips the episodes where I like you know, just fawn over redheads and cat girls and you yeah, know. that's every episode. <laughs> hey, that's all I, I I made a right choice of not telling her about this. You shouldn't have secrets, Ken. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Should we get into should we get into the plot of the movie? <laughs> oh. So it's two years after the end of the Enterprise's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. A deep space communication monitoring satellite picks up transmission from Klingon warbirds encountering a massive energy field of some sort, and it's heading towards Earth. (laughs) Admiral Kirk assumes command of a retrofitted Enterprise to stop whatever is coming for Earth before it can make it here. They discover that the energy field is a truly massive ship controlled by something or someone called Vija. Vija turns out to be some sort of artificial intelligence that has traveled from the other side of the galaxy, collecting every piece of information or ship that stood in its way in what by the end of its voyage has become an encyclopedia of galactic proportions. Vija is traveling to Earth so that it can meet its creator and fulfill its destiny of uniting with them. The crew is unable to stop Vija from making its way to Earth. Vija has a tantrum when its creator does not respond to its calls and threatens to destroy all of the humans which, in its view, have infested the planet and stopped its creator from answering. Kirk and the crew have to play psychological mind games with Vija to stop it from destroying the Earth. What did everybody think of the movie? Did I watch a different movie? It was really cool that they got the crew back together, but it was just like, oh, so jarring at the same time. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird seeing all of these like people who are like on the verge of being elderly, like put back into the role that they stopped doing 10 years ago. Mr. Scott did not age well. <laughs> no, he, he aged possibly the worst. Although <laughs> Le- William Shatner apparently had to wear a corset for most of the movie <laughs> and he almost like passed out a bunch of times. Jeez, did he have a hernia or something? No, he just wanted to look thin because like he put on quite a bit of weight in the 10 years between the show and the movie. Guys, I didn't watch this movie. What? I didn't watch this movie. Star Trek, the motion picture, 1979. William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, James Dewan. I Dewin, did not watch that movie. Walter Koenig. You guys are pulling my leg and playing a prank because I did not watch that movie. <laughs> We were wondering if you would go along with this, given that you said you didn't understand the movie. You guys are dickheads. I was you like, said you like you didn't know. I was like, I, I've been very honest. I was like, I watched a different movie. That did that did not happen. When you said you like had no idea, I mentioned yeah. to you, I mentioned to you Chris Hemsworth in the movie, and I was like, I feel like you definitely would have said you're watching the wrong movie, Emma. <laughs> And the only reason I agreed to Star Trek was because you said it was the new one. Yeah, the new one. It came out in 1979. The show came out in (laughs) the 60s and this is the new one. I hate you so much. This is why I delayed this, because of this bloody shenanigans. (laughs) This is more punishment for delaying it. I will rage quit. I could very easily rage quit right now. 
So anyone who is interested, that brief discussion was on Star Trek The Motion Picture from 1979, which I can't in good faith recommend to people who aren't familiar with Star Trek. It's very much a continuation of the show and it's a bit of a slog. It was not great. It's kind of the the odd one out of the Star Trek movies because the rest of them are kind of like, you know, fast-paced action movies and this one is kind of like basically an overlong episode of the show. There was so much going on in that in that movie. Yeah, but there at really the same was. time no, nothing was going on in that movie. Yeah. So much happened. <laughs> Except a lot of like weird sexual innuendo. <laughs> yeah, even the eye moisture. She's a mechanism, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the movie we actually all watched. So let's talk about Star Trek from 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams. Oh, I watched that one. Even though I talk smack about the Star Trek, the motion picture from 1979, I'm not sure, again, I can all in good faith recommend this movie. Hey, this one wasn't bad. It's not bad, but it's just like, eh? I don't know. It has its moments. They did boost it like crazy with the cast. Yeah. Like I remember reading somewhere that like they decided to make all of the characters like very exaggerated versions of their like original versions. Oh, and so okay. like Kirk went from being this like kind of suave, vaguely womanizing character to being like a full on like sexual predator. <laughs> you grabbed her boobs in the movie. Yeah. Ken, did you want to give us a breakdown of this movie's plot? Oh, let's see. I only prepared the summary of one plot, not two. <laughs> and you know, I don't know it. <laughs> Emma, we watched two movies just to break. <laughs> Sorry, what? You actually both watched- Yeah, we watched both of them. We watched both of them. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Anyway, give us a summary of Star Trek 2009, Ken. Star Trek 2009. So the movie starts off with uh, uh, Jim's- uh, Jim- My dad. (laughs) Jim's dad. Jim's dad. It starts with Jim's dad. Okay, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Okay, I was so confused. I was like, isn't this supposed to be Chris Pine? And then I realized- No, it's the other Chris. It's the other Chris. Anyway, Chris Hemsworth, aka George Kirk, was so he was on a ship as second in command, and uh, that ship suddenly got attacked by this giant spaceship, and uh, they were completely overwhelmed in, t- in terms of firepower. And then George Kirk got promoted to captain and went down with the ship in the end. Captain Kirk, well, <laughs> Captain Kirk Senior, thank you. Okay, so basically, this movie is about Jim Kirk's making and the formation of the crew that makes the first Enterprise crew. It's a reboot, baby. Although it's like it's like the weirdest reboot <laughs> I've back. ever. It's like the weirdest reboot I've ever seen because it's a, it's like a continuation from the original story and a reboot at the same time, and also a completely different story with completely different characters. And oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Yes, and it, basically there's a whole new timeline because of the time travel involved. Mm. Okay, so here we go through yeah. uh, Jim growing up, joining the academy, and then uh, doing some tests, and then getting onto the Enterprise. Uh, he runs into the same enemies as his father did. And uh, figures out this phenomenon was the same as the one that was uh, that happened on the day that he was born. It's a trap. It's a trap. That's uh, <laughs> diff- a different movie, you guys. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to see how angry you got. <laughs> so uh, Captain Pike was uh, in command and he did the same thing as George Kirk, went onto the other spaceship, uh, negotiated with uh, the Romulans, who turned out were not from the this era they were they are actually time traveling romulans from the future who uh, had their planet destroyed in a black hole mm-hmm. uh, they were actually miners that were uh, in, in orbit was it orbit they weren't on the planet when it got destroyed let's all say that uh, they were back for uh, revenge on spock 
because future Spock, to contain the disaster, he used red matter to create a black hole that also turned out to have time traveling capabilities. What? Mm-hmm. I don't think he intended to go back in time. I just thought like he was kind of a like a, a dumb Australian miner. <laughs> He's played by an Australian, but that doesn't... Where, where, where are you going with that? You leave Eric Banner alone. He's a national treasure, Jim. You leave him alone. All of the other Romulans are played by Australians as well. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Oh, my God. I just realized I'm so bad at understanding accents. Anyway. Yeah. So, basically, he was just out to get uh, Spock. So, he was asking, oh... Where's Spock? Oh, what's the star date? And then he figured out that he, he came from the future and that Spock, during Captain Kirk Senior's time, Spock was actually a child and wasn't part of uh, the Starfleet yet. I really like the um the part of the beginning where they set up the fact that like the Vulcans claim to be all logical, but they're still racist dickweeds. Like, I really like that. Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. I really like whoever yeah. wrote that. And I very much doubt it was Alex Kurtzman. This is the most fucking... I've seen this movie and this synopsis is making me more confused than what I was when we started. Nero gets accidentally sucked back in time by a black hole created when Spock tries to stop the star that is going to destroy the planet Romulus. He ends up getting sucked into a black hole with Nero, the other, the bad guy in the movie. They get sucked back like a hundred years well, it'll be about 150 years. And as revenge, Nero decides to destroy both Vulcan and Earth. His plan is to take this red matter that future Spock has that can create black holes. And I don't know why he has a literal metric ton of this shit just flying around. When you need literally one <laughs> drop of yeah, it, that was why weird. would you put like uh, mm, so many problems with this movie? Anyway, and to use that to create black holes in the cores of both planets and destroy them is his plan. So what did we think of the movie? Confusing. But fun. Did they go back 100 years? 150 odd, I want to say. How? How how fucking old is everybody? Spock is a Vulcan. Vulcans age differently to humans. Yeah, but I mean, like, I guess I'm just, I'm confused. So what happened when George Kirk blew up the ship? Nero had just come back 150 years at that point. Yeah, but then what? So they were just floating in space for 25 years? This is one of my points in the in the movie. Is like, what the fuck did they do for 25 years? Fuck, Spock's old. Future Spock is mm. old. I didn't realise that. Mm. Or would he be present? Future Spock is old, yeah. And then that other one is past Spock. He looks like he, I mean, he was obviously born at the same, around the same time as, as Jim, right? So he like ages and they look like they're the same age. And then all of a sudden he just stops aging until he's like 400. Uh, he just ages slower, basically, I think. I don't know. Mm, I don't, don't know, because if he aged slower, he'd look like he was 12 in the movie. <laughs> look, I'll give you the same advice Alex Kurtzman gave himself when he was writing this movie. Don't think about it too hard. Gotcha. Okay. The other the other thing not to think too hard about is that, like, Winona Ryder is, like, four years older than Zachary Quinto in real life. Yeah. That's a bit odd. So, what was their plan? Uh, Nero. Mm. Their plan was to, like, take the red matter that can create black black holes from Spock's future Spock's ship and then use it to create black holes within Vulcan and Earth and get revenge on Spock by destroying his planet because he had failed to stop the Romulan's planet from being destroyed. Right. Okay. So, I got that. So, it was genuinely as simple as that, as, like, fucking- Revenge. Spock, like, like who was two seconds too late. He's a space miner. He's not exactly, like, an accomplished, like, evil genius. He's okay. just a dude with a ship and a big gun. I think it was it was also, like, the, the timing piece, because mm. it was, like, I didn't realise it was 150 years or whatever it was. And then I also was- Kind of like Chris Hemsworth, like yeah. sacrificed himself. Yeah, crashed his plane, the bloody Enterprise, 
into their ship, mm. how did they all survive? One, because if they, they there was no chance that they would have gotten out in time mm. and the whole ship blew up. You didn't see any other little ships departing and them escaping or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're all dead. It's possible that's what they were doing for 25 years, which is just like repairing their ship. Yeah, but surely they ought to bloody floated out into space or die. I mean, it's a big mining ship. The amount ship. of damage that the Enterprise would have done crashing into that thing, there's no way they would have been able to repair oh, it all in space. that wasn't the Enterprise. What was the name of that ship? Uh, Kelvin. USS Kelvin. Oh, sorry, the Kelvin. Whatever. It's a ship. Anyway. My notes on this movie in my like little document that I have here divided into three sections. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good has two points in it. <laughs> the cast. Which is what? First off is the point that I said about I like the fact that the Vulcans are racist dickweeds. Um, <laughs> and the second one is that I actually do like the new in- design of like the Enterprise, the ship. Like it looks more like what an actual starship would look like and less like a TV set. Yeah. Like okay. it's kind of like industrial, like especially in the engine rooms. Yep. Anyway. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad. <laughs> so the cop at the beginning addresses Kirk as citizen. I get that Kurtzman did this so it would sound futuristic, but how could the cop possibly know that he's a citizen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he could just be a resident. Yeah, there's so many different humanoid races running around in the Star Trek universe. That's how early my like problems with this movie started. It was like four minutes <laughs> into the movie. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but you know, they use a Nokia phone. So, you know, you know it's futuristic. <laughs> yeah. And he plays Beastie Boys, so you know it's futuristic. <laughs> if Spock's dad is the ambassador to Earth, why is he on Vulcan for Spock's education? Like, why oh. is Spock educated on Vulcan? Wouldn't it make more sense for him to be educated on Earth where his dad is? That is true. Unless- his dad doesn't care about him because he has no emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, Unless they do the care about is- each other. They just don't, like, have emotions about it. Maybe it's maybe the mum's the actual ambassador. <laughs> She's Earth, she's Earth ambassador to Earth. Can, can that be how I refer to myself as now? <laughs> Good evening, I'm Earth's ambassador to Earth. <laughs> oh man. Yes. Why else was she was she inside that like uh, ritualistic spiritual Vulcan lair? Yeah. Why were they there? Why is yeah. he's? I don't understand. It was everything was starting to like cave in, and they were just like. Oh, hey, Spock, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, hey, we we thought we might just stand in this collapsing room. Uh, Also, Mother, maybe don't stand on the edge of this cliff while everything's about to. I'm just going to turn around and look at you, (laughs) oddly, Spock, instead of taking one step and saving myself. (laughs) One of the things that really annoyed me is how they introduced Dr. McCoy. Mm. Ah, bones. Yeah, they- (laughs) Fuck. The reason that Kirk called McCoy bones is that it's a civil war term for a doctor. I mean, it's short for old sore bones, as in like sawing your bones off, because that was what doctors did. What? So it's got nothing to do with his ex-wife leaving him with- They were trying to make it more modern. (laughs) But when they wrote the script in the 60s, that term was already a hundred years old. Shh. Just go with it. (laughs) Also, like where were all of the Vulcan defense things? Like Vulcans aren't pacifists. They have an army. Like when you were talking about that, they're all just kind of standing around while their planet is destroyed. In the Star Trek lore, the Klingons, who are like the honorable warrior race, respect the Vulcans because they considered that they fight with honor. Mm. So like what were all of these like Vulcans doing when like their planet was about to be exploded? They were just like, yeah, we had a good run. Also, the other thing is that if that's if that's also the case, that that drill was was there for a while. Yeah. And yeah, just, that is true. Just no one no one did anything. Yeah. It wasn't even shielded or anything. It's just like hanging out there and it's like, 
Oh yeah, this seems fun. Yeah, it was like also that dude. What's his face that like like came down and and was, they were like, oh, pop your parachute, and he was like, nah, man, <laughs> yeah. just gonna keep going, and just- then killed himself, and he was the one that had the the bloody weapons that they needed. Yeah, this is why that guy was a dick. Two is one, and one what is none. An idiot. One last really dumb thing about this movie. Oh, sorry, two more dumb things about this movie. One. <laughs> Not to go like, well, actually, but like in th- at this point in the timeline of Star Trek, no one has ever actually seen a Romulan. Oh. So how do they know that Nero is Romulan? And how do they know this will, like, we have to repair relations with the Romulan government? Well, at what point in the original series did Vulcans come into, um, Romulan, Romulans come into so play? So in the original series, when Kirk had assumed command of the Enterprise, Earth had fought a war with the Romulans, but no one had ever seen one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, the neutral belt. No, yeah, what's it? the neutral yeah. zone. Well, wasn't it, wasn't it to do with the, um, the language, that's how they knew who it was? Well, exactly. How, yeah, but how do they know that, like- You can still- But you'd still be able to tell that it wasn't Vulcan and that they she knew that it was it was slightly different because half the people, like, that could speak Vulcan, they didn't know that it was any different and that's how they knew it was a Romulan. Mm. It was because that she could tell it wasn't Vulcan. And so you would know that the language is slightly different. <laughs> but how do they- Like, no one's ever seen one. How do they know that? <laughs> because they understood. Like, they-, they It was, I, it was the the- translation the interception of the translation and they realize and then it's just like oh now we know it's you because now we can see you Mm. oh my other last weird gripe with the movie is that so like i don't know why they needed to have spock come back with the with the red matter like if alex kurtzman had watched a fucking minute of star trek he would know that romulan ships are powered by artificial black holes oh so how was they they bloody are no ignore so you don't need the red matter. You just have like, they have black holes on the ship. But maybe the red matter black hole was the only one that did traveling. Oh, I know. No, we're talking about destruction. Mm. In their yeah. defense though, I feel like they're trying to, they were trying to get a new audience and get a new, a different fan base into it. Like I enjoyed the movie, right? Obviously I did not understand parts of it, but now I'm realizing that actually I understood all of it. It was just confusing. Except for the time thing of like 150 years. But I would have started to question and be really confused if you were like, it's powered by black holes and untried to all of that, rather than just being like, hey, here's this cool, powerful red blob. I didn't understand what it was, but I was like, yeah, right. it fucks shit up is what it does. <laughs> do you, do you know, like, I, I feel like it's definitely to bring people like. <laughs> it's the danger color. It fucks shit up. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, it, I, I genuinely think potentially it's to do with, for lack of a better term, dumbing the science part of it down oh, to bring a different audience into it. It's so dumb. Like, they, they, the worst example of this that I that I remember from the movie. There's a point, you know, like when they have to go bet- from Earth to Vulcan because they get a distress signal from Vulcan saying it's under attack, and they go from Earth to Vulcan. They say mm-hmm. it takes five minutes to go between the two planets. Why? Why specify such a needlessly short period of time? <sighs> like that's that's you picking apart just for the sake like of picking it needlessly apart. small. Why does it matter? <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know. A couple of hours would have worked just fine. And they wouldn't have had to like compress all of that exposition into like such a weirdly compact period of time. And I, I did the math no. on this because I'm, I'm, I respect fucking you. nerd. Yeah. <laughs> the five minutes between Earth and Vulcan means that they were traveling 70, 72,433,152 times faster than the speed of light, which is warp, Jeez. warp 417. Yeah. Cool. Whoa. Math checks out. But, 
it's about to say something. I forgot. Even in the motion picture, they were struggling to get there. Yeah. To warp five, I think. What was it? Yeah. Was it? But I think that the point is that, um, yes, obviously it's a it's a movie and it was whatever, but I also think it amped up the like the pressure of Jim getting there in time to be able to be like, it's a trap. If they were like, oh, we've got three hours, oh, cool, I'm just going to walk on over there and I'll tell them, whereas like we've got five minutes. This is the beauty of movie magic. You don't have to have that three-hour section go for three hours of screen time. You don't even have to say how long it takes to get between the two. No, but it's more like, oh, shit, we're in immediate danger as opposed to we've got three hours to prepare ourselves. Yeah. It's just it's just dumb. That's Hollywood, baby. <sighs> That's Hollywood. <sighs> yeah. Just go with They're it, there, Jim. Jim. They're there. All right. So what do you what do you what do you rate that plan then, Jim? What do you rate it? One. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Nero's mm-hmm. Nero's plan itself, I'm going to give a five. Because, like, you know, oh. he has a black hole. He's gonna blow up a planet. It's, you know, he got chocolate in my peanut butter. It's a very simple plan. The screenwriting, <laughs> I'm giving a one. <laughs> okay. Ken? Yeah, um, I give him a six, I'd say. Uh, um, it was didn't have much results, but he did utilize what he had for what he wanted to do really well. Mm. He did wait uh, for Spock to come back. Just like with that few second difference, he had. Um, there was a few years in between when they arrived in uh, and when he arrived through time travel. Mm. You know, he basically camped the guy to take his red matter and then he used that straight away to do whatever he wanted with uh, the Vulcan planet and also Earth. So good on him. Emma, mm. what do you, what, how do you score him? Look, I think I'm going to give him a... A five. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but at the same time, it just. I think we know there wasn't. There was planning, which is why it's obviously not like a one or two or whatever. But like at the same time, he could have been successful if he didn't focus on just causing Spock pain. Yeah. Like you destroyed one of his planets, then kill him, then go do Earth if that's really what you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah. It's not really taking over the world-ish, I guess. Like, you know, it's just very petty. you got a world. Mm. Yeah. So, bravo. All right. Mm. Well done, Nero, you fucking dunce. You're our worst Ooh. rated villain so far. Oh, already? Yeah. What's funny is, like, even if we were to have done a movie on Star Trek, the motion picture, I'm not sure I would have rated Vija's plan any higher. Oh, Vija didn't have a Vija plan. Vija didn't have a plan. Vija's plan was to crowdsource a plan. <laughs> Oh, stupid Vija. Vija! So thank you for listening to all of my unhinged ranting there, (laughs) listeners. As a treat, I'd like to take you now to an interview conducted with Jim's dad, of all people. Enjoy! All right, let's start recording. Get you to give me a test so I can see if I can hear you. First of all, I'd like to thank my fan club. Thanks, John. <laughs> Take two. Take two, yeah. So how are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's good. And what about you? I'm good. I'm not used to recording with people in person. I normally record by just staring at my computer screen and watching the waveforms go. Okay. Well, I'm not used to recording. Well, you're acting pretty naturally so far. Okay. I suppose I should give a primer as to where we are right now. So we're in Jeringong at the moment, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the beautiful view that we have from where we're sitting right now. And it's dealer's choice as to whether the crap that's on the table in front of us makes it into the photo, but maybe we'll just crop that out and just have the nice beach view. Um, So we're here today to talk about Star Trek. That is the topic of this episode. But I think this interview is going to be a little bit more of a background into how you introduced me to it rather than the actual plot of the movie that we're reviewing. How does that sound? Yep, that sounds good. 
So first question, do you remember the first time you ever watched Star Trek? Yes, I do. It was at my brother's place. I would have been about four or five. Really? Yes. Was it on television at that point? Yeah, it was on television. And I wasn't allowed to watch it at home, but it, my brother had had it on TV and I just seemed to sneak a good look at it and enjoyed it. That would have been right about the time it was airing. That's when it aired. Weird that we had it on TV. It normally, I wouldn't have suspected that we'd had that kind of new show on TV at the time. Oh, yeah. Might have been a bit older, but I was really, really young. So, mm. Fair enough. You, so you obviously quite liked it as a child and then you mm. were the person that introduced it to me when the original series came out on DVD. Do you know if you watched any of it in between those two points? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. When it was on reruns or? It was on reruns and it was on reruns late on on Tuesday nights. Okay. And it was on after I played touch football. So I'd come home and go to bed and watch it after touch football. What a strange mix of activities. Touch football in bed. Well, touch football and, you know, high science fiction. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah. Do you know if you've seen anything else other than other than the original series? I watched a couple of the movies, mm-hmm. which were weren't as good, but still good. Mm-hmm. I think they took a whale back somewhere, didn't they? That's the best movie of them yeah, all. That was the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah, they had a whale inside the Enterprise, mm-hmm. beamed it down. My favorite scene in that movie is where they need to make a tank for the whale in the yes. ship that they've hijacked, and they go to Earth. They go to this plexiglass manufacturing company, and oh, Scotty yeah. needs them to make transparent aluminium, which is what all the windows on the Enterprise are made out of. But Earth doesn't have the technology to make that yet, and so he teaches the guy how to make transparent al- yeah, aluminium. Very good. I don't remember that. Yeah. In exchange for them making them a window for free. So he gives them a future secret and they make him a window for free. And Bones is like, what are you doing? Like you're violating the temporal prime directive. You you might be altering history as we know it. And Scotty just goes, and we know he's not the man who invented it. Good point. Yeah. He was anyway, by the sounds of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you obviously introduced me to Star Trek and started Mm. a lifelong love affair. But I remember watching a few episodes of Next Gen with you. When I first started to get interested in that. Do you remember any of those? Those are the ones where they wear the really tight body suits. I, d- I don't re- remember much of it, but I do remember the android out of it. I like the... Oh, Data. He's fun. Yeah, Data. He's my favourite character. Yeah. He's so cool. Yes. Yeah. I remember him as plain as day. So. Oh, good. Hmm. I really would have thought it would have been the psychic counsellor that you would remember. I do remember the psychic counsellor. She was good looking. <laughs> So I think I know what your answer is going to be, but who is your preferred captain, Kirk or Picard? Oh, definitely Kirk. Do you have a reason why or just familiarity? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's the beginning. The beginning? the beginnings. Yeah. It's such a fascinating show. I've been listening to a lot of people talking about it recently, like preparation for this episode. I wish I'd prepared. I gave you the questions. Just now. Yes. (laughs) But it's so funny to think about the original series. A lot of the writers had like naval experience. And so the Enterprise is basically a battleship in space, except when it's a submarine. Mm. And I thought it was a Western to start with. <laughs> there are some western epi- episodes. Yeah, but it's like, it was man going out into the final frontier. Mm. Westerns are frontiers. Have you seen The Mandalorian yet? Yes, I've watched a bit of that. That's, what yeah. do you think of that as a space western? Yeah, That's he sounds like Clint Eastwood, so I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you appreciate most about the original series when you watched it? Well, there was nothing like that on TV mm. before. It was the first thing ever, going out into space and and exploring and 
and going to different places. I suppose Lost in Space. I, I used to love Lost. Yeah, but Lost in Space is more of a like fantasy show. It's just like, you know, mm. an excuse to meet like wacky characters and fun scenarios. And, and you didn't meet of, wacky carrier characters in It's kind yeah, it is kind of similar, but I I don't know. I've always had this idea that Star Trek is more highbrow. Yeah, than Lost um, in Space. Yeah, better plots. Yeah. Mm. They had good writers. Yes. And that's the thing like most of the later movies and a lot of the most recent TV shows suffer that they just don't have good writers. That's right. Like it's just not as interesting anymore. Mm. And they left a little bit to your imagination as well, which was good. Well, that was part of the fact that they had to make it with no money Mm. and they really had to like lean on the writers to make it a good episode. Otherwise like special effects weren't going to cut it. But I reckon Spock was very interesting to me at that stage of his personality, Mm. which – yeah, it intrigued me. It was very good. Had you seen any of um, Mission Impossible before you'd seen um, Star Trek? The old TV show. The old TV show with Leonard Nimoy in it. Oh, yeah. You had? Yep. Was it a, like a real yeah. jarring moment to see him in Star Trek? Yes. <laughs> Actually, I saw, I think Star Trek came out before Mission Impossible, didn't it? Well, that must have been even more jarring yes, seeing like this yeah. weird space alien show up in. Yeah, with, with the wrong ears. <laughs> In, um, in a, a Mission Impossible, in a yeah, spy yeah, show. Yeah, the wrong ears in Mission Impossible, yeah. Mm. What would have been great is if they did what they did in um the fourth Star Trek movie where because they pretend that he's a hippie and so they tie this, like, love bandana around the tops of his ears so people can't see him. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember that. So I take it Spock is your favourite character from the show. Yes. More over Kirk and Picard, sorry, over Kirk and Bones? Yes, yeah, most definitely. Fascinating. <laughs> yes. so do you have a favorite episode or is there one that like stands out in your memory i'd have to have a look at the list and and jog my memory of all the episodes but the one i i do think of is the one where they changed alter egos with the other side as in like the mirror universe one yes that's the one that is a good one yeah this is spoilers for the most recent series of um star trek called star trek discovery but the first season of that show is entirely based on that one episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I must watch some of the newer ones. Next gen. Voyager is fun, but it's getting a little bit dated. Mm-hmm. And they also, they filmed it on video. So there's no HD remaster of it. Oh, okay. Whereas all the other ones were filmed on film. But Enterprise and the newest one, Discovery, are kind of hit and miss. Yeah, okay. Talk me out of it then. Yeah. But go watch... Next Gen. Next Gen is like, it kind of leans more into the cerebral side of it. So like, instead of like this big hotshot ladies man captain, he's kind of a, like a- Old fart. Yeah, he's a boring diplomat, mm. but they kind of lean more into the science fiction esoteric aspect of the show. Mm. It's fun. Mm. But speaking about the new stuff, do you remember seeing the reboot movie when it came out? The one with Chris Pine in it? I can't remember. I think I went to the movie's- to see it oh, with yeah. you. Oh, yeah, we went to see that one. We went to see the movies. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mind that. The one with Eric Banner in it. Was Eric Banner in that? Eric Banner it? was the bad guy. Oh, okay. And that's yeah. the, the person we'll be talking about in this episode. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I don't remember Eric Banner being in it. I remember seeing it at the movies. He was the Romulan guy. Oh, he was. Ah. He was a Romulan that went back in time. I don't know where this interview is going to fit in the structure of the episode yet. I suppose I'll decide that after I record with Ken and Emma. But the basic plot of the movie is Romulus, the planet, like where all the Romulans live, gets blown up and Spock is supposed to save them, but he doesn't get there in time. And Eric Banner's character is so angry that he goes back in time to try and destroy Vulcan, the planet where Spock is from, before like Kirk and Spock meet. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It's coming back to me now. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember thinking highly of that movie when it came out? I enjoyed it. 
at the time. I don't remember it very well. Exactly. But, I, like, but yes, I can get, safely say I went away going, yeah, I didn't mind that yeah. at all. It's a it's a perfectly acceptable movie. Hmm. Like it's a it's a fun action romp. It's not like a high concept sci-fi movie. It's like we've got to stop a bad guy. Hmm. The only kind of sci-fi element is that he goes back in time and that it's in space. Hmm. But that's what the original series was like. Hmm. Bad guys, frontier. Like shoot said, them up. It's a battleship, except when it's a submarine. Mm-hmm. And getting back to another question there where we were, what did you like about the original series was the fact that they just beamed everybody down to planets. And I heard someone say that the only reason they did that was because it was cheaper to do that than having try and land pla- uh, ships onto the, to the planets. So yeah. they just made that up. It was cost saving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. This is this is why a brilliant idea. Yeah, this is why it's such a fantastic show. They had to come up with all of these fun concepts to get mm. around the fact that they had no money. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, mm, lovely. <laughs> well, like um, the episode with um the Riddler from the. 1966 Batman series. What's yes. his name? Frank Gorshin? Yes, that's his name. The episode with Frank Gorshin in it called Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. It's the one that's a like extremely thin veiled metaphor for racism where Frank Gorshin's character is black on oh, one side half, and white on the yes, other. Yes, yes, sorry. And the other that. guy is black and white, but the sides oh, are flipped. Oh, there's a divorce. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, no, and they hate each other. They hate each other. Because what, they're different to each other. Yeah. yeah. And as far as I remember, like that entire episode takes place in a couple of rooms on the ship and the only special effects is these two dudes have their faces yeah. painted black and white. Yeah. Like you could have made that for 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it was a good plot again, yeah. the writers. So yeah, very enjoyable stuff for very simple ideas. But I guess back to the, the 2009 movie, given that the premise of this show is that we rate and review movie villains and- We've talked a little bit about this. What do you think of Eric Banner's plan? Do you think it's a it's a good idea to go back in time and blow up planets? Yeah, I don't think it's a great idea. And, that, yeah. and that's what they did a, a few things with going back in time. Mm. And it, it was things not to change the idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. If you blow up a planet, that's certainly going to change things yeah. around a bit. So uh. that, that reminds me. I think Ken and I have talked about this. I don't know who talked about it on the show. But so many of the time travel plots in Star Trek is because another movie had finished filming on the set and they were like, we're going to demolish this in a day. Do you want to film on it? And they were like, yeah, sure, we'll film an episode on this set. I didn't know that. That's fabulous. (laughs) Very good. And they were like, oh, I guess we go back in time. Ah. It was like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll film on this set. And what was the episode that, oh, what's her name? In Dynasty. What's her name? Never seen it. They go back in time. To like 1930s? Yes. Yeah, it's called The City on the Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, and- They go back in time and save her life, but she's- She's Hitler or something. She's the one that starts a pacifism movement and lets Hitler come to power if she lives. That's right. So how, you know, like- Another thing that, yeah. that- And they just happened to have a 30 set on Desilu Studios that they were like, oh, we're not using it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they had to put a beanie on Spock that time, didn't yeah. they? As real 30s appropriate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they did the ear makeup or just like put the beanie over No, nah, of course they did the hip. Don't spoil it for me, Jim. <laughs> He had his ears amputated when he went to make Mission Impossible, okay? Ah, I see. I think that's all the stuff I wanted to talk about about Star Trek. Thanks for doing this with me. Absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you, and thank you to my fan club. (laughs) Do you think you'll listen to the episode when it comes out? I will definitely listen Mm. to it because your mother will make me. Mm. Have you listened to an episode of the show yet? Your mother had it on, but I was... I didn't get to listen to it, Ah, so I do apologise. So what do you think of the fact that you have an official fan club then? I don't want to get too big-headed about it. (laughs) 
Jim's mum doesn't have a fan club. No. <laughs> and what do you think of the fact that we have merch that you're holding? I think it's very good. It's got beer in it and uh-huh. it's got a football in it. Uh-huh. That's why it's the JDFC. Ah, football club. Oh, fan club. <laughs> Excellent. What's the idea of the beer and the football, Jim? I was trying to pick, you know, the things that epitomize you, but I also wanted to make it look like a coat of arms. Uh, so I've made it like, you know, the laurels on the outside and the two bees cheesing okay. with the football in the front. Okay. And please tell me that it's a grey background. It is, isn't it? yes. I did that because you're colorblind. That's right. I thought it was, yeah. Looks pink to it's me, but it's all intentional. <laughs> Looks pink. Oh, good. Hmm. But anyway. Well, thank you for doing this. It's been a blast. No worries, Jim. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Let's go to the beach. Sounds good. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, listener. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> thank you, Ken. I'm so glad that we listened to that hmm. in time. Together. Together. What did you think, Emma? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like I recorded that five months ago at all. It was. It, I mean, as far as interviews go, it was one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done. We were actually there, Emma and I. Mm. You but should. Just, have you ever you know. Have you ever thought about being uh, quitting your day job and being an interviewer, Jim? No, I, I very much not. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! The focus is not on Jim here; it's on Jim's dad. I think that comment makes clear you haven't listened to it, Emma. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, I think I, I wanted to throw that in there because I can just imagine that it was kind of really super awkward. So I wanted to make it even funnier. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. You'll sure. just have to wait and see. Have I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do some fun facts. Oh, I'm down to clown for some fun, fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> do you want to sound a little bit more fun? I'm so hey. horny for some fun facts. Let's go. Woo. Okay. Fun facts. The so, final frontier. Oh God, I want to leave so badly. <laughs> um, all right, so fun facts of Star Trek from 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the 2009, set- 2009, I thought it was Stardate 2233.04. There was very strict rules on set. Um, so no one was allowed to wear costumes in public, um, mm-hmm. even when they were going between sets that were on the same lot. They either had to change or they were driven around in golf carts that were covered in black canvases. <laughs> Wow. Because, of course, like- <laughs> why didn't they just beam between lunch? <laughs> All, right, yeah. All right. That's Hollywood, baby. Um, so, for, like, continuing on with the, the strict rules that they had, there was very few people that actually had access to the film during production um, outside of the director, producer, and writers. Two of the people who I don't know why were given access was actually Tom Cruise and Ben Stiller. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't understand. Um and even with the scripts, they were um, very closely guarded. So for supporting roles, they were literally only given the script for their their scene. And Simon Pegg was only allowed to read the script with a security guard watching over him. Classic. What? Like, why yeah. only Simon Pegg? Can't trust those fucking Englishmen. If- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess if we continue on with the, I guess, the secrecy theme during production, the movie also had multiple fake titles. Um, so depending on who was looking at it or what area you were in, etc. Um, so Bad Robot, who, which is J.J. Abrams' company behind the remake, mm-hmm. called it Corporate Headquarters. Ooh. What else we got here? Uh, speaking of your, your friend James Dewey, or mm-hmm. Doohan, or however you want to pronounce it, who played Scotty in the original. His son actually plays Scotty's assistant in this movie. Wait, Ooh. like the weird little gremlin thing? I believe so, that goes, yes. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, Abrams, when he 
I guess when he had a rough cut of the the film, he was trying to think who he should take it to, to show that would give him an honest opinion. And he ended up taking it to George Lucas for his thoughts and have a bit of a chat around what he thought would make it better. And uh, Lucas's response was lightsabers. Ooh. (laughs) So you're telling me that scene where Kirk was running around in ice and then a wolf looking. Imagine a lightsaber. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And then there's another wolf, like a sorry, giant lizard wolf dinosaur thing that comes. And at that moment I was thinking, hmm, that's like uh, there's always a bigger fish moment. Yeah. That's also, Mm. it's kind of circular because I was, I read a thing the other day that was talking about how the original person who was on the hook to direct the original Star Trek movie from 1979 was George Lucas. Oh. This is before he'd made Star Wars. This was like in the very early stages of planning. So, you know, time is a flat circle, much like this movie. <laughs> okay. So doing a bit of a callback to my my name for this evening um, or whatever time you're listening to this, I don't know. Lieutenant Uhura was the character that Zoe Saldana played. Gamora. And this- this is the yes, thank you, Ken. Um, this this is actually the first time that her first name was mentioned. Um, so during the original series, she she just wasn't given a first name. They don't know whether it was just an oversight or they just didn't care or Look, whatever. Let's it be was. honest. It was it's 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 not not racist. She was kind of just like it was racist. And also, I think it was more of a sexist thing as well, and it was just kind of like, who cares, whatever. But no, no. But if you ca- you call people in mili- in the military by their last name, though, so maybe no, but they everybody else had a first and last name except for her. Oh, yeah. Anyway, in 1982, things changed, and she was given a name. He was uh, she was given a name in a licensed book, mm-hmm. um, and her name is Nyota, which is actually the Swahili word for star. Which Ooh. you know. Gold star to whoever came up with that one. Hey, nice. Um, but yeah, this is the first time that her name is actually spoken on screen. So as much as she's had a name since the 80s, this is the first time that her name is actually spoken. Mm-hmm. Simon Pegg, our mate, he didn't actually have to audition. Abrams just emailed him and offered him the role. Mm-hmm. And he was nice. like, all right. In the early drafts of the film, uh, William Shatner, your mate, had a cameo role. Um, but it was ultimately cut because he was angry and wanted a major role like Leonard Nimoy. Classic Shatner. <laughs> I did not think he had problems like Classic that. Classic Shatner. No, apparently there's, they had a lot of problems. He was very um, – he started to get angry towards the end that like Spock had like just as much screen time as, as him. He thought that he should have been number one and there was apparently a lot of problems on set. Oh yeah. Um, so, in terms of other people who were considered for, I guess for we can start off with Spock. Um, Adrian Brody was considered for Spock. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, um, he was in one of the King Kong movies. He's been in a few. I feel like when you see his face, you'll recognize him. I'm trying to picture what else. Think what uh, else? Oh yeah, yeah. I've just googled him. I recognize him. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway. Who else? Yeah, anyway, that's all I've got for Spock. But I can't imagine, like, I remember watching this, and I, to be honest, I had seen parts of this before, so this wasn't the first time, but I cannot imagine anybody else being Spock. Like, it was a perfect young version mm. of Leonard Nimoy. Do you have a, a fun fact in your list about Zachary Quinto and the character of Spock? No. So, Zachary Quinto it. couldn't do the classic uh, Live Long and Prosper thing where you, like, spread your ring finger and your middle finger. He mm, couldn't do that, do that, so they had to super glue his fingers together so he could do oh, it. That's hilarious. Really? Yeah. I can do it on both hands. Yeah, you make yourself little crab claws. Yeah. Crab people. Crab people. And the last uh, or last couple of uh, 
fun facts that I've got here is just around the other people who were considered for for Kirk. Um, we have Chris Pratt, Josh Jackson, and Mike Vogel. Wow. And there was some rumors, and I think even back in the day, like Matt Damon was like, yeah, I think that, you know, I was in the talks for that, but J.J. Abrams came out and was like, no, you weren't, bro. <laughs> like, so. I love it when directors come out and just shoot people down that, that like that. Yeah, like, mm, uh, nah. you, you, you weren't. You weren't. Nah. But, yeah, look, I think Chris Pine did a, did a bang-up job. Ooh. Do you know, do you have on your list who J.J. Abrams' other choice for Nero was? No, I'm, that's all my that's all my things. I didn't do with that. His other choice for Nero was Russell Crowe, which oh, I don't understand. Why does he think Romulans are Australian? <laughs> Look, why not? Why not? Miners, maybe. What? They have miners in other countries. Yeah, but, you know, we were, like, known for, like, our- uh, Wait, they got Chris Pratt. Yeah, that would have been weird because he was still like kind of fat at that point, wasn't he? Like, uh, no, but it would have been like a Guardians oh. of Galaxy moment. Yeah. And then like there was also that green girl with the red hair. Sure. If he did this, he wouldn't have gotten Guardians of the no. Galaxy, surely. Surely not. Also, I, I don't know if I could take him seriously as Kirk because he's kind of like. No. Oh, yeah, true. Anyway. No, he's not. He's not. Like, I feel like I have seen him in a couple of serious things. And, he, like, I don't mind Chris Pratt, but I just don't think in terms of his acting compared to Chris Pine. Pine just had, like, the perfect balance of you hated him, but you're also kind of like, ugh, you're kind of all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He even does that thing that, like, all douchey characters do when they're, like, so full of themselves that they're, like, confidently eat an apple. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that. Also, I didn't understand how like he like snuck back onto the ship and then all of and like he's like a cadet and like failed all this shit and you've just cheated and bloody bloody blah. Kobayashi Maru. Do you want to bloody be like first mate? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, he really failed up, didn't he? Fucking hell! Like he he Stephen Bradbury the shit out of that. And even in the twenty third century, the white man still fails up. He just yeah, he's the Stephen Bradbury of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> He really is, isn't he? Like, I just, I remember just being like, I'm sorry. Like, I understand he's just something, done something cool. But can you imagine being anybody else that's up in the bridge there or whatever the hell that's called? Just being like, um, I've been here for like 10 years. Are you fucking serious? Yes. Like, this this guy just like beamed onto our <laughs> ship illegally. Captain we left Pike. him on a frozen fucking... <laughs> planet neck minute oh he's my boss that's also weird as fuck that he just like left him to die and everyone's just like okay yeah that was that (laughs) was i didn't think that was weird like the the enterprise has something called a brig spock yeah anyway that was weird anyway you got any more fun facts emma no that's it (laughs) i got a couple for you if you're interested one of the code names for the movie when it was in development was the Ernest castle hunt chronicles after a relative of one of the production staff who had drowned in beer at the Anheuser-Busch factory in 1937. Wowza. Jeez, mm-hmm. how much beer do you have to drink to drown? Oh, wait. oh, what a way to go, I tell you. No, I'm pretty sure it was in like, it was in like a, like a vat like or a something vat like that. Oh, working at the, it wasn't I, just. I thought it was like drinking, it's like the thing where you drink so much water that you drown your lungs. No, <laughs> but also you wouldn't actually need to be in that much beer to drown, technically. No, I mean, mm. like, you can drown in, like, two inches of water. Like, mm. you you might take more interest than in this one, Ken. Yeah. The planet Vulcan takes its name from a hypothesized inner solar system planet. So, before Einstein's theory of general relativity, the best explanation for the fact that Mercury's orbit processed around the sun was that there had to be another planet so close to the sun that we couldn't see it. What? Um, and because it would have had to have been so close to the sun and incredibly hot, it was called Vulcan after the Roman oh. god of volcanoes. Ooh. 
That would be a very uncomfortable place to live. Yeah. I mean, Mercury's bad enough as it is. So Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, said in 1991 that he pictured planet Vulcan to be orbiting the real life star 40 Eridani A, which is a red dwarf star in a trinary system about 16 light years from here. Yeah. Uh, and in 2018, they discovered a planet around it, a super Earth. Wait, in real life? In real life. There's a real Damn. planet around that star. Ooh. And if they don't call that shit Vulcan, I will lose my shit. Wait, did they just find it? <laughs> no, they found it in 2018. Then then why have they not named it yet? Well, they don't know what- It's a super Earth, so they don't really oh. know that much about oh. it. Gotcha. Like it could be like a Neptune kind of thing, or it could be like a, like a slightly larger Earth. Mm. Nice. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yes, thanks, Jim. <laughs> Anytime, Emma. Anytime. <laughs> I have a question. What yeah. was with the Spock and Uhura uh, relationship? Was that in the original series? Alex Kurtzman. I oh. liked it. It was just out of nowhere and weird because there was a power dynamics at the beginning. Mm. It was not. I I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can enjoy it. I'm just, it I just showed his just, human side. Aww. And I I I liked it. So shut up. Alex Gersman, watch a fucking episode of Star Trek. But th- it's a freaking reboot, Jim. I know, it's, it's supposed reboot. to be different. If they, if you just kept, re- we're going to do a reboot and do the same fucking thing over and over again. Yeah. You're not going to draw anybody new in. In that defense, yeah, it was a completely different timeline, right? I because, know, I know. But yeah. Vulcans, are, Vulcans have this thing called the Ponfar, which is basically where they get like super horny. And that's like the only time that they like. Why do you know this? Because I like Star Trek. <laughs> Why Why did they create that? Why is that a thing? They basically go like ravenously Ugh. horny, if that makes any sense, for like a week. Is it like the Vulcan mm. rum springer? Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that's why. Maybe that's why it was never talked about again in the original <laughs> because series. Because nobody wanted because to say like Spock's about to get horny in a couple No, 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 no. Because that was, the po- that was his pon far. That was what, like him getting together with uh, Uhura. Was you shut up. They're in love, Ken. They're okay. You shut up. Pompa. Anyway, moving right along. I hate this conversation right now. Should we talk about our plans? <clears throat> yep. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yep. please. Go first. Emma, go first. Emma, go first. Please. <laughs> so you know that I can't steal anything <laughs> off <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> no, I just want to see where this goes. <sighs> so do I. Short and sweet. I'm just going to go for it. No, so you, you, I think I've mentioned a few times before that a lot of villains' downfall is when they focus too much on revenge mm. and they get caught up in the emotions of making somebody pay. We already discussed earlier that I, I don't think Nero's plan was 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 that bad. I just think that if he'd gone about it a slightly different way. So my thinking, and in all honesty, I did think this as I was watching the movie as well, is that simply I think he focused too much on trying to make Spock hurt. So you traveled back your 150 years or whatever. Basically, the only difference that I would have made is it, like he was successful to begin with in terms of he destroyed Vulcan. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Like done. Okay, done. cool. Yeah. That like you bloody you, you won, right? So in terms of I guess if his next thing was, well, that was one of his homes he wants to destroy the next, I think he suffered enough and you've already kind of succeeded in your plan, is that you actually probably should be destroying the USS Enterprise. And if you just got one drop of that bloody red matter and just shot it at that ship. Okay. Bye. 
and then you've got all the bloody time in the world before the Federation catches up to you and you can destroy whatever fucking planet you want. <laughs> like, it like it seems so simple, but it's just kind of the more time, like, because they were already coming for you while you were on Vulcan and they nearly got you. Like, that was a quick, oh, shit, how good, we've already reached the core, let's just chuck a thing in here. Mm. You're wasting more time and giving them more chance to kind of beat you. <laughs> If you keep delaying, yeah. just fucking kill Spock. I, I can see why he was he was confident because like he's traveled back 150 years in time. Imagine if you took like like a ship from our time back to like what would that be like the 1850s? Yeah, uh, yeah, 1870s like for, for sure, for <laughs> sure. But that'd be like a bloody horse, horse and buggy. <laughs> but. I, I get that, but the thing is, like, imagine if you did that and then the horse and buggy actually kind of nearly defeated you and you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> and you were like, what? Uh, That's a fucking impressive horse. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just got bloody kicked kicked by a horse. But, no, but you know what I mean? Like, if something like that happened, then you'd be like, oh, hold on a second. Maybe I haven't thought this all the way through <laughs> yeah. and you would reassess rather than being like, no, nah, we're going to go for it again, even though they know what our plan is. Like they had the, the surprise, the element of surprise the first time around because they thought they were going for like a rescue mission. They didn't know they were going in for an ambush or that the planet was actually being destroyed. Yeah. So basically this is me rambling now, but basically the plan is you've destroyed um, Vulcan destroy the enterprise and then go to earth or whatever you want to do afterwards. Because the point is that you want to have revenge on Spock. Technically you're world dominating because you just destroyed a world. Yeah. Plan done. One drop of the fucking red matter done. <laughs> half a drop. It's a ship. It's half a drop. Not like a, You've got a third. A literal fucking metric ton of the shit. Put it in all of your <laughs> torpedoes. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> yeah. Like fuck man. Like, you could just fire off multiple all at one, like a quarter, a quarter of a drop. Mm. You've got so much of it. Yeah. You don't need to ration it. <laughs> anyway, that's my plan. Short, short and simple. That's it. If that was, if that's what he wanted to do, that's how you do it. So your plan is essentially the, um, the Scott evil plan. Yes. Like I have a gun. Let's shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 It's like, no, I'm going to take him back to my lair with the sharks and laser beams on their heads. Like, I can literally shoot him right I now. I have a gun. Let's do this. <laughs> it's pretty good. And you lose points for style. But, but, but I mean, yeah. That's the thing. Like, what's your plan? Your plan was to get revenge. Like, in the movie, he gets his revenge, but then he just gets greedy. The point is, you hate Spock. You've destroyed his home. Now destroy him mm. and you eat that. If they had done that, easily done, dusted, you could fucking take over the Federation if you really wanted to get total revenge. I don't know about that. The Federation's a big place. I don't know, man. They got a lot of red matter. Yeah. And and they had at that point in time, because the communication was down, if they had done it right after Vulcan, the communication systems were still down. They hadn't gone back to the Federation and told them what was up. Mm. That's my plan. God damn it. I should not have watched the motion picture. I get like the scenes mixed up now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that's my plan. You kill them and then you can go for the Federation. You can go for Earth. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You can hang out in space for, for forever if you really want. Such a sad existence. I feel bad for the guy, but at the same time. <sighs> also, can we just, I mean, this isn't part of the plan, but actually maybe part of the plan is to get like railings on your <laughs> platforms in your ship. <laughs> yes. They just jumped everywhere. That didn't seem safe that there was just no way. I would straight up fall off that and die. I'm a bit clumsy. 
That had happened. It's the future. If you fall off a railing, you just get transported back to the top. Oh, like in all those video games I've played. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else I was just thinking? You know, when like Jim's like hanging there and the guy's like dancing around him or whatever. And then he's like, I've got your gun. He didn't have his gun no, at that time. And the yeah, amount of time that, and the amount of time that it would have taken Jim to like reach up and be like, and then grab his gun. That guy definitely could have just put his hand over and been like, no. Or just like. <laughs> Cracked his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Because Romulans, like Vulcans, are super strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could have just anyway. let go. That's my plan. That's my plan, guys. Who's next? Good plan. Can you net? Hey. Well, I'm I'm going for a bit more uh, a bit more safe and steady and uh, a bit more loving. Uh, I'd say <laughs> as soon as he returns back, uh, he should uh, quickly return to the Romulan Empire to warn them of this uh, situation after he figures out what star date it is. Yeah. Uh, so in, warn them of the impending doom, and then you know you've got new t- new new technology in your mining ship. You should like share the technology with them, or like you know, firstly take over and coerce them into like being like, "Hey, listen to me. I'm a Romulan, and I've got all this technology. I can like kill you in a drop of a hat." And then re- retrofit every every Romulan ship with all the technology that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you accelerate their uh, their culture, their uh, their um, technology, and everything, and then use that to take over the Federation before Spock even starts working. And then somehow make his life a, uh, a living misery for, uh, from there onwards. Okay, and that is my plan. The thing I like about your plan, Ken, is that it kind of gets to the heart of one of the other problems I have. With this movie is that so that the Romulans have a star empire as in like Mm. dozens of stars that their empire is spread out across why would one star exploding threaten their entire empire oh geez i did not know that so maybe there's a chain reaction between all the stars I mean, that's just- But I guess they wouldn't be that close. It's just Alex Kurtzman science bullshit. Like, don't think about it too hard. (laughs) He clearly didn't. You really don't like Alex Kurtzman, do you? I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sensing a theme here. Anyway, back to your plan, Ken. Give us the TV soundbite version of your plan. Uh, Return to uh, Romulan Empire- uh, retrofit technology, then take over Federation. Right. Like, that's not a bad plan. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll give you that. That's okay. Woo. Anyway, what's your plan, Jim? So, it's it's fairly simple. So, use some of the remaining red matter to make another wormhole, go back in time a little bit further, travel to Earth, create an online money transfer system, call it something <laughs> like Fee Friend. I'm not sure about that name to be decided a little bit later. Sell that for lots of money, then use that money to start a rocket company, get people really invested in space travel, make even more money, and then use that money to fiddle with the financial system to tank the world economy, which will make everyone associate space travel with wastefulness, thus making sure that Earth never invents warp drive, never joins the Federation, and that Spock is never born. Yes. Thank you, Ken. (laughs) I have no words. Look- how are they getting back this far uh, back in time? Just use more of the red matter to create another wormhole. But uh, how once, like, I don't know how tr- like how trustworthy is the red matter for being a bloody time I thing. mean, you don't need to get it precise. Romulans live a pretty long time. No, but, like, I'm more thinking that, like, uh, if we go off of that, like, premise that everything that the red matter, does that not then mean that Vulcan is technically just in the past? What? That things don't get destroyed by these? I mean, things that get destroyed always exist in the past. You know what I mean, (laughs) that it's not travelling back in time? No, I don't follow. Don't they use the red matter to 
create black holes that then like basically destroy these planets, right? Mm-hmm. If you're then going to use, are you not potentially like, wasn't it supposed to be like a fluke thing that they then traveled back in time? Possibly. I guess the risk is, are you potentially maybe either traveling in time, but yeah. option B, you also may be committing suicide. Traveling in time is a fairly common thing in Star Trek, sadly. Like in Star Trek, they mm. even have time police because there's so many people <laughs> running around throughout time <laughs> that they have like cops who have to be like, now don't you do this again. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Which I don't know why they, they didn't stop this from happening. Maybe they mm. haven't been established yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I've gone cross-eyed. I think, yeah, I think it, <laughs> it definitely seems like they were shocked that they had gone back in time, that like time travel didn't seem like a, and this is me talking of this is like, this movie is all I have seen of Star Trek. So it's all I can go off of. Right. Mm. So I appreciate, obviously you guys have got a lot more insight into it than I do, but I guess that's probably my only thing of, it didn't seem to me that, time travel was a common or well-known slash potential. No, I can think of a cool dozen Star Trek stories that are about that are about time travel. Yeah, but I can only go off of this movie, <laughs> Jim, and that's the whole point of this is that I can only go off of this movie. All right. What I take from this movie, the fact that nobody seems like that shocked that people have traveled through time. They're just kind of like, ah, oh, so you're from the future. Cool. Moving on. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Hey, in Emma's defense, they don't, like, in general, like, this movie doesn't handle situations like a normal person would handle things. <laughs> Any, like, none of the situations have been handled in a normal way. Jim, Everything's yeah. special. Everyone's, like, a special case. Every every mm-hmm. culture is just completely accepted. Yeah, yeah. look, I, and and uh, you've pointed out a few times tonight, Jim, that the, the writing is, isn't great in this <laughs> film, so <laughs> that's also not on side. Yeah, look, it's like I, I definitely appreciate how much effort and thought that you have put into it, and it, it does make sense. I'm just picking it apart because it's- I just got to come up with what my human name would be. Like I'm thinking something like, you know, like melon smell. No, Sorry, that's not what? it. I'm trying to think of what my like disguise name would be. Melon smell. Yeah, melon like, smell. Oh, maybe I shorten a bit, like Elon Musk or something. Or oh, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Set that up, and I hate you. Melon for it. smell. Elon Musk. Great. Thank you, Jim. Anytime. <sighs> Those are normal human words, yeah. Elon Musk. Elon that's Musk. a normal human name. What are what he named? Uh, what are you going to name your son? son? Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> That's actually how you pronounce his son's name. Oh, Elon Musk's son. How do you? How did he even write those things? Kyle. Have you seen um, his wife's um, or girlfriend or whatever her new tattoos? No. That are supposed to be Google it. That are supposed to be alien um, markings or whatever, but it it just looks like she's kind of like weirdly whipped herself on her back. Yeah, it just looks like she's like. Have you seen photos of after people get struck by lightning? Yeah. It just looks like that. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to be an alien thingo. Look at you with your fun facts. There's someone out there for everyone, isn't there? Mm, I hope so. Do you, do you think she's Romulan as well? Potentially. Like Romulans, they're always up to something, I tell you. <laughs> she definitely looks like a Romulan. All right. So we need to decide on a winner. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready? Yes. One, two, three. Ken. Jim. Jim. Yes! <laughs> My dad's going to be so proud. Woo! In all honesty, I also could not give you the Star Trek one, Jim. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. Um, yeah, my whole life has been kind of building towards this, really. 
<laughs> I know, and I, I could sense your your fear as I was picking yours apart. That you were like, "Oh no, this bitch ain't gonna pick me." <laughs> this bitch. I could feel it through the internet. I knew, I knew you were hating me. It was so good. There were so many levels to it, and like you know, clearly there were flaws. But I just like looked past all of them because of how exciting it felt. It felt when he told me them. Thank you, Ken. You, you, yeah. I, I think it was definitely part of the de- like the the delivery of it. Yeah. Because as well, the other thing, and I was like, I feel like I didn't rag on Ken's at all, so I couldn't pick yours <laughs> apart. Super. Because the other thing that I was thinking was what well, one, as I already said earlier, but like if we're just going off of this movie, the time travel thing didn't fit right with me. But yeah. also the other thing was um, it didn't ring true to Nero what your plan was. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Like it didn't seem like something that he would do. No, it doesn't. Whereas Ken's, Ken's Ken, it was yeah. and mine. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. You were both very true to the character <laughs> where- We were true. In, in mine, Elon Musk is a secret Romulan. <laughs> Technically, you got a pity, pity because it started <laughs> Look, I failed up. And I'll take it. No, it was the delivery that got us. It's just like the movie. It was delivered well, even though it was a disaster. Yeah. Play it, play by play. Just like the Mm. movie itself. Talking a whole lot of bullshit, but they (laughs) (laughs) delivered it fast and entertainingly. (laughs) And sometimes that's really all that matters. Mm. Yeah, it really was. Crash Um, economy. But but you you did have a good plan, Ken. So I just wanted to- Oh, thank you. I think you both had very good plans, especially you, Emma, for pulling that out of your ass with 30 seconds notice. Well done. Yeah, so fuck you, motherfuckers. I thought I was pretty good in the end. Yeah, no. You, um, you, you and nobody through. voted for me. I have not gotten a single vote this entire season. This is also why I fucking hate science fiction <laughs> and didn't want to do this season. Because I have not received a single fucking vote. You motherfuckers you- keep voting for each other. <laughs> Is that why you've delayed this? Well, yes, five, because I knew science months, fiction isn't my thing. And months. like, you guys never vote for me. Oh. I'm like, what's the point? Science fiction. I'm clearly not going to win anything. I mean, you have already won the majority of the seasons. It doesn't matter, Jim. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> oh. All right. My headline is local Romulan named son Kyle. <laughs> Directly directly stealing Elon Musk. There's there's no pun or anything. (laughs) There's nothing. I hate you, Jim. Jim. Your plan was great, but this your headline sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jim. Why did we give you the win for that? I'm sorry, Ken. Tell us about the products and services that sponsored this podcast. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What about Rom El Rom Elon? Rom Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. What do we got here? Okay. Welcome to Dumbat Nation. I've got you here. A make your own red matter kit. All you need is a creative writing degree, twelve Red Bulls, and a passion for destroying everything Jim loves. Well, in this kit, you have a whole packet of Redskins. And a bottle of vodka. You can time travel and meet your past self by reliving your past memories. You get your nostalgia for, uh, of your childhood from eating the Redskins. Your teenage year can uh, be reminded uh, reminded with the cheap vodka. And your adult mm-hmm. years can be from listening to this podcast. Between be- being drunk and being in- on a sugar high, uh, time will go so slow, it'll basically be going backwards. So send your Federation credits via Beam It to us, to World Dom Pod, <laughs> and we'll Beam It right back to you. Uh, the-, the kit, not the money. Oh, I get it. It's a memory black hole. I get it. Yes. I get it. It makes yeah, a memory black hole. Woo. Thanks for playing, everyone. We'll be back. 
at some time to talk about something. Yay! Is because we cannot agree on anything because everything that everybody uh, suggests Emma doesn't want to do and that the boys don't want to risk when they postpone it for another six months. <laughs> I'm winning. This is how I win. At least this way we're more like watch the movie and then have to rewatch it like six months later. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I know you're not sorry. Yeah, I've had to watch this movie three times this year, Emma. That is three times too many. Yay! You only had to watch it once and take notes, Jim. And every time I got angrier and took more angry notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has to go into the episode. It's too good. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Um, so we will be back and we will talk about something when we can all agree on what we're going to be talking about <laughs> next. Because teamwork makes the dream work. Pacific Rim, bye. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Smoke bomb. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to World Domination. You can find links to all of the things we've talked about, our other episodes, our merch, and our social media accounts at anchor.fm slash worlddomination. If you'd like to tell us something, feel free to get in touch. And remember, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to tell your mum about it.